Hey everybody, happy Friday. This is Trevin McGee from Lawrence.com and I'm here with Eric Moline from Scenestealers.com. How's it going, eh? Not bad, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Good. We got a couple movies to talk about today, um, including Cars 2, Pixar's big summer movie, and then Bad Teacher, Cameron Diaz's um, sort of going against type vulgar comedy from Jake Kasdan. Bad Teacher. Bad Teacher. I like the way you said that. I like the emphasis. Bad Teacher. Yeah. Well, that's that's bad dog. Bad dog. <laughs> that's where the emphasis sit, Ubu, belongs. Sit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's start with the the kid friendly. Well, you just you blew it already. You've already you've already you've already made your comment. And so now we know that bad teacher you're going to give it a bad review. So let's start that's with that. True. That's not true. Oh, okay. But uh, we can we can go there anyway. That's fine. I'll talk about mine first, and we'll end with more my prediction is that, is that you just movie. yeah is that you just blew it and and you told me that you didn't like the film. No, actually, I did like the film. Oh. I liked it more than I thought I would. I'll put it that way. I mean, I have some really condescending compliments to give it. <laughs> yes, but um, overall, I, it surprised me. I was expecting less from it. Um, uh, I guess I should backtrack real quick since you just kind of shoved me into it and talk about the plot <laughs> real quick. Um, Bad Teacher is from uh, director Jake Kasdan and then a couple of writers from The Office, um, Lee Eisenberg, and I forget the other uh, person's name, but they don't really have anything big under their belt. Um, Jake Kasdan, on the other hand, does. Kasdan has a few movies that I love um, with his name on it, including Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. I think that's hilarious and and grossly underrated. And uh, I also think Orange County um, is really underrated, too, and that's another one of his, and it's a great sort of of coming-of-age summer movie, you know, kid on the verge of college type. It, it kind of reminds me of Adventureland in some ways. I really enjoy both those movies for the same reason. What about the Zero Effect? Yeah, and that's on there too. That's That was like his first movie he directed, and that, that got a lot of attention. It has Bill Pullman and Ben Stiller in it. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Ryan O'Neill, some interesting characters about. That's his more serious movie. It's about a detective, and then he kind of went the comedy route, but he also um, got into TV and did a lot of stuff with um, uh, the Apatow crew. He did some Freaks and Geeks episodes. He directed some Undeclared episodes. So he's, he's got some of that uh, going for him as well. Now, mainly, though, we should mention the thing that he's most famous for, at least in my mind, is being the son of Lawrence Kasdan. I don't think that's why he's the most famous. I, don't think, I actually think that not many people outside of... of uh, dorks like us really follow that. So Fair enough. I don't think he's I don't think he's that well known for that. I think if anyone were going to pin a movie to him, it would probably be, well, Orange County, maybe. Well, maybe you know, one. here's uh, so so you say dorks like us. I'm assuming that our audience are also dorks like us. I hope so. so. I hope you're dorks like us. Yeah. Point. So so bad teacher. Uh, from from my so, expectations, it looks like it's just uh, uh, Cameron Diaz uh, in a rated R comedy, and mm-hmm. it's going to be raunchy, and it's uh-huh. going to have a lot of bad language and uh-huh. um, sexy stuff in it. And you got Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake and Jason Segel. Yeah, you're you're that's pretty close. You're pretty close. That's that's a large part of it. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about Jake Kasdan just so that I could say that it's not his fault that this movie doesn't um, underperform. I think that the, this the movie biggest, does underperform. Yeah, it's not, okay. it's not his fault that the the movie underperforms. Um, he's only as good as his script here, and his script's not very good. Um, and you basically ticked everything off in a checklist order, and that's a pretty good way to look at it. Except that the movie is made vastly better by its supporting cast. Um, Cameron Diaz. I read a, a headline. I didn't read the actual review. I didn't have time before you got here, but. Uh, um, Slash Film put up something that said Diaz deserves better. It's like, no, it's not. Diaz doesn't deserve better. I think Diaz got pretty much exactly what she's 
she's she's capable of um, with this character. Um, but I think that some of the other members of the cast were underused or or underserved. Mainly um, Lucy Punch. Lucy Punch is hilarious in this movie as the sort of goody two shoes teacher, Mrs. Squirrel. And where might we know her from? Uh, not much, actually. She was. Uh, I think she was Paul Rudd's girlfriend in Dinner for Schmucks. Um, she's had some TV stuff. She's from London. Um, and the big news this week is that she and Jason Patrick just got cast in the pilot for Powers on FX, which is the uh, adaptation of the popular Brian Michael Bendis comic book. Um, but she's she's done a lot of bit work, and she's got one of those faces that you just you recognize or you, you would know her if you saw her kind of thing. Yeah, like, I remember seeing a picture of her and going, oh, yeah, I know her. Oh, yeah, that girl. Yeah, That's why I asked you that because I couldn't remember <laughs> She's one of those, oh, yeah, that girls. That's definitely definitely Lucy Punch. But um, there's a pretty strong supporting cast, and she's the strongest part of it. But there are, there are other characters, too, that I think really deserve some attention, especially uh, uh, Jason Siegel really does what he always does, which is ground the movie really well um, and keep it from spir- spiraling too far out of control. Um, his relationship between um, um, himself and Cameron Diaz is one of the more... Uh, believable parts of the movie or likable parts of the movie, I should say. There's not really anything believable about it. Well, this see, movie. that was my question. If this is um, – you're, you're, you're talking about Kasdan who's worked with Apatow. You've got Jason Siegel who's been in plenty of Apatow movies. The thing Apatow is known for uh, is grounding their characters and making a somewhat – uh, you know, believable story uh, that you can kind of get into that's real on one level while all this ridiculous stuff is happening. So does this succeed in that, or is this just a caricature? It's a caricature. It's a total caricature. Here's the plot. Um, the t- I mean, the trailer says it all. She's she's a... Um, it starts and she's in school. Um, school's ended, and this is, she, you know, this is the one year I'm teaching, and goodbye, it was nice meeting all of you. And uh, then she gets in her Mercedes with vanity plate hers and goes to her rich boyfriend or fiance's house. And then things things take a chain or take a turn and then uh, it fast forwards and she's still there um, the next school year. So the whole <laughs> idea is like she she was going to, you know, go. she's a she's a money grubbing, you know, gold digger. And she had it all set up to where she was just going to go and um Teach, which it doesn't ever explain why she chose teaching or how that happened or how she got involved in teaching at all. Because it's not like anyone can just be a teacher. You have to get certified, and she's a terrible human being and terrible at her job, so it doesn't make any... But, you know, I, I don't want to overanalyze it, but that was just kind of lazy. And then then beyond that, um, it just kind of goes further and further. Anyway... She's super materialistic, and the real moral of this movie is that awful people get what they want if they look like Cameron Diaz. That's <laughs> that's pretty much the whole. That if there's a if there's anything to be gleaned from this, it's that you can be as as terrible as you want to be as long as you're attractive. And um, wow, that's kind of what happens. I mean, it was really, you know, I, I had some issues with uh, Bridesmaids uh, lead, Chris, um, you know, Kristen Wiig's character because she, she was hard to feel sympathetic towards but she's a saint in comparison to this and not in the funny like oh she's an anti-hero whatever like she's um her character elizabeth halsey is is awful cameron diaz's character and it's the that's the hardest that's the biggest obstacle of the movie past the script is trying to find anything remotely sympathetic or interesting mm-hmm. or engaging with this person it, it once the initial sort of um i guess thrill of watching someone behave as as 
badly as she does mm-hmm. wears off, which it wears off about uh, forty five minutes in. Wow, you've got another, you've got another, you know, almost uh, bad Santa. Yeah, you've got another almost hour well, with bad Santa. You know, there was all this other stuff around it, and I, I don't know. There was something inherently likable to Billy Bob Thornton doing that, and Diaz doesn't have that. It's not really likable. Um, um, it's just kind of it's vulgar for the sake of being vulgar at times and and when it it it's it'll go to toilet humor places and it'll do things like that and it it can really there are times when it's above that or when it actually goes somewhere with that kind of humor that's funny yeah but it it retreats too readily and easily into familiar territory and into See, that sort of tired vulgarity that we've kind of seen before. And I know I sound like a prude for saying that, but I, <laughs> you're I such love. A prude. I know I, I I love gross out comedies and I love I love slapstick. Com- I love a lot of different kinds of comedies, but you can definitely pick out the lazy ones from the ones that right. try. And and, and because you're lazy. because you're describing this this way because you're uh, calling it lazy. This is exactly the kind of movie that. Uh, I'm glad I didn't go to, and I'm probably going to avoid. If it comes on cable, I might check it out for a second. But if there's yeah. one question I have to know, okay. and I'm going to ask the question, and I want an answer, and I'm going to say to everybody that cares about this movie, spoiler alert, okay? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay. How much sex with with children, with, with teenagers, with her students is there in this movie? Zero. Okay, that's what I figured. Somehow I, I got the feeling from the marketing campaign that this was going to be like, oh, Cameron Diaz is a bad teacher and she's having sex with all the kids. And then that was going to be like, oh, wow, this is going to be really crazy, right? This is going to be really uh, edgy, you know, like a, a, a movie um, like Spanking the Monkey, you know, something that has yeah. like this, uh, this weird little incest subplot or something like that, something that's just so morally wrong, you know, mm-hmm. like To Die For. They had to play in To Die For with Nicole Kidman. They had to play that as a satire. Yeah. In order for that to work, so I was just wondering if she does that. No, how does that work? I, I hate to disappoint you, but there's no sex with minors. In this okay, movie. okay, yeah, you know, it just really sounds sorry. totally uninteresting really <laughs> on every level. It's pretty. It, it's pretty. I would have preferred sex boring. with minors. You know, it's pretty boring. Um, <laughs> and and the review, that. it was interesting. I mean, the crowd really got into it. There was a lot of there was a lot of crowd response, and there was someone behind me who was just baffled at every bad thing she did as a teacher. Anytime she did something immoral person behind me right oh my god it's called bad teacher i mean what did you have you have you not seen a single commercial did you not see the poster of the movie where she's asleep at her desk with you know like five hundred dollar high heels on i am i'm really excited uh, about um bad doctor bad doctor yeah bad bad mailman yeah i can't wait for bad mailman now bad doctor i would actually go see as long as it was chris parnell from 30 rock oh yeah (laughs) dr leo spichiman i would watch an entire movie of him oh yeah Although I'd probably get old in like five minutes, <laughs> yeah. But he is—he is hilarious on that show. Yeah, yeah. That he, just thinking about him on Thirty Rock is funnier than than any, anything, anything a bad teacher. Bad teacher. Nice. It really is. You know, I'm trying to think about it. And someone had said at our big critic circle meeting, um, all the best parts are in the previews. There's a few bits here and there, but overall, not too far of a of a generalization to make. Um, wow. Yeah. It's there's just not. Not much going for it that we didn't already see or hasn't. There's definitely nothing in it that hasn't already been done. So, fair enough. Decent supporting cast, weak movie. So, let's tell me about Cars. Now, I am gonna I'm gonna put my head on the chopping block here. I did not see the first Cars. It didn't interest me at all. Um, I I just couldn't get behind anthropomorphic cars uh the, now you know, co- yeah come on you can't that's that i think that's kind of a cop-out because after all uh if it's not a talking car it's a talking animal 
Yeah. Right? I mean, still. the animated it. movies these days, they take uh, things with... with uh, that's not a cop-out. I'm not going to get into why that's not... A, I'm not going to debate... Bugs. I'm not going to debate the... the <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to debate the believability of a talking ant to well, a not talking car. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to do that, but I could. I'm not going to. That's really... That's... that's that's no no one wants to hear that. But would you go see a movie about talking microphones? No. Or would that just be too meta that the microphones could actually talk instead of I, people talking into my, them? My mind would just be blown. Yeah. Like I wouldn't know what to do. Well, unfortunately for you, uh, uh, Cars Two um, really it, you know it doesn't even have a, a premise that that's that clever. So um, really, yeah. I mean, I mean, is it a spy movie? Because I thought they were going to try and make it, it is like a, a spy. How did you know? Movie. Did you did you read something? No, about I watched this? the trailer. You watched the trailer. Unlike, yeah. Unlike you, I actually watched the trailer. So what's different about Cars from Cars Two? Um, I haven't seen Cars either since you mentioned it. And from the um, from what I understand, the first Cars movie, the main character was uh, Lightning McQueen. Queen, mm-hmm. which was pl- uh, voiced by Owen Wilson, Played. and uh, <laughs> the secondary uh, character was uh, a supporting character was a tow truck, a redneck tow truck, oh, played yeah. by Larry the Cable Guy, called Mater. God bless that uh, guy. In this movie, uh, Mater is the main character. So, uh, you know, Mater accompanies Lightning McQueen on this uh, European uh, road race mm-hmm. over uh, a couple different days in a couple different European cities, and basically this is a fish out of water tale where um, the slack jawed tow truck uh, goes overseas, and everybody thinks he must be joking because nobody could really be that stupid. And Michael Caine's character, uh, who is an uh, a, a spy, again we're talking about cars this His entire name time. Is Finn McMissile. Finn way. McMissile. That was the other thing that turned me off about the series was that everyone had a stupid car related name. Right. I know that's I, I know those are lame excuses, but just watching that I was like, Yeah, I I've got no interest in Lightning McQueen or Pixar's usually more clever. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, is it's it's yeah. Anyway, yeah. Go on. So so uh Michael Caine and his British spy ring are trying to uncover a plot and it turns out that Mater uh gets put right in the middle of it and they assume uh, that that he is the undercover American agent that they've been waiting to meet, and that he just always stays in character slash undercover. Oh, brilliant! And so uh, the entire time he's he's going around and and acting like an idiot and doing really stupid things, and he ends up you know kind of. Uh, Winning in in all these little things. Eventually, of course, that comes to a head, and there's a big conflict, and yeah. and in the end, everything works out. But but really, f- for me, um, there there were two things: uh, making making the tow truck, making Larry the cable guy, the main character, uh, meant a lot of him. And and honestly, this played like uh, Forrest Gump light for me. Uh, you know, it uh. was it was like this this guy who keeps lucking into everything, and he's so awesome, uh, but nobody respects him. Blah blah blah, and he's gonna have to prove himself. And and uh, there's a falling out of friendship, falling yeah. out between yeah. McQueen and uh, Mater. And uh, the the initial resolution, what starts to happen, is completely not earned. Right? I know this is a kid's movie, okay? I understand that. But Pixar takes better care with their characters. You and, expect and more. You do expect more. But even if I don't expect more, I'm putting this on the same level uh, as something like, um, I don't know, something middling uh, and, and, and kind of just there mm-hmm. from another animation studio. Give me an example. The only thing I can think of is How to Train Your Dragon, but that's actually that's better actually, than this movie. Yeah, yeah. Kung Fu Panda is actually pretty good too. Which so. I haven't seen. So. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, it was uh, yeah. So Cars two is disappointing. I think it's um, the worst Pixar movie I've seen. Again, I haven't seen Cars. Yeah, that's the only one I haven't. That's seen. That's kind of the same thing. I mean, I I can't comment on it because I haven't seen it either of them. But that's the what you're saying there is a lot of the same complaints I've heard about the uh, the first Cars. Yeah. So well, so so inspired. I will say this. I mean, Pixar. Uh, you know, like like many of the studios right now, they are really really progressing with their animation. It looks great. It's very detailed. Yeah. There are some fantastic action scenes in this movie that just stand alone as creative action scenes. Yeah. Um, but as far as putting the script together and, and making you care, um, it just doesn't work. And, and it's it's kind of sad to know that all that effort went into that. And usually uh, Pixar has that fundamental groundwork of um, you know a story that you care about that, that really works. And, and so ultimately I'm, I'm giving cars to uh, a minor rock fist down with our – Rock and roll, heavy metal, uh, uh, devil horns in the air rating. Yeah, uh, you know, I think if if you've got kids and you need to go see a movie, then this is this is perfectly fine to go to. But um, this is not up to the level of, of Pixar stuff. And um, and frankly, I'm just going to be honest. The Larry the Cable Guy character, Mater, this tow truck, it just really grated on my nerves after a while. I know yeah. that I'm supposed to find him charming. Uh, in a kind of a hick way and and celebrate his uh, stubbornness about being who he is and being an individual, uh, but I didn't. And then the last thing uh, about this is there's a political message. So the oh. people that um, that didn't like Wally because uh, that turned into too much of a political message, mm-hmm. uh, they may not like this because it's all about alternative fuels. Oh, really? And, and yeah, and it's interesting because um, – I agree with them. I think alternative fuels is a, is a really important for our future, and that's awesome. But the way that they, ins- they inserted it into this movie, um, it didn't really work. Now, did it annoy me? No, because I happen to agree with that p- you know, particular polit- – and it really, honestly, it shouldn't even be a political platform, but whatever. Uh, so well, let's – let me get off of that, but it is in there. So um, – and, and fairly uncomfortably so. Weird. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's strange to me that John Lasseter, you know, founder Pixar, directed the first two Toy Story movies, directed A Bug's Life, is also the guy that uh, writes and directs the Cars movies. It's, well, you know, let's look at understand. it this way: uh, Cars was two thousand six, right? Yeah. Every movie they they uh, they haven't been able to put out in the early years they weren't putting out one every year now they're on a schedule mm-hmm. one every summer yeah but they have a wheelhouse too you know right but what i'm saying is since cars the movies mm-hmm. have gotten better if you look at the the list of movies that have come out since cars um we've yeah. got uh ratatouille we've got the incredibles we've got finding nemo yeah we've got um toy story wally 3. we've got wally. toy story 3 and wally up Ryan. and all of yeah. those movies are are better than almost all of the movies that that came before them with sure. the exception of maybe Monsters Inc. and and the two Toy Story movies are really good, but I, w- I would say this is um, you know a Bug's Life is is kind of on the lower end of yeah. that. But this it's this weird. is not as good as a Bug's Life. This just doesn't work that well. It's That's not that bad. interesting. That's too bad. Well, there you go. There's that. You know, you mentioned the Forrest Gump plot line earlier, and I actually was privy to a sort of a little film argument over the weekend. I didn't chime in as much because you know i always get whenever people start talking about movies at a, at a party or anywhere i always get looks <laughs> like and not, i mean with friends you know it's yeah. not like just strangers like what's he gonna what's the critic gonna say yeah but when friends you know know that i do this and, and all that i, I get kind of looks or they they're like they expect that i'm just gonna jump down someone's throat because they We're like so a movie insecure. i don't like yeah <laughs> and but the the thing was uh i guess uh bill simmons said 
I'll get it all wrong. I don't know. Bill Simmons basically com- compared a, a basketball player that uh, might have been Carl Malone. I'm not sure how the comparison went. But anyway, basketball player won um, MVP one year, and uh, he compared it to the year that um, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, and Shawshank Redemption were all nominated for Academy Awards, and, and Forrest Gump won. And then his, his premise was, um, if any of those three movies are on or TV on a random Sunday, you know, which one do you stop on? It's not Forrest Gump. And that was, he was trying to liken that to this, this player winning, winning MVP. And so the, someone, someone at the party said, well, I would stop on Forrest Gump. And that started this whole thing. And I never, you know, I didn't really throw my two cents in, but yeah, I had to watch that movie in, um, uh, film class a couple of years ago, three or four years ago, Forrest Gump. I mean, does not age well. Did yeah. not did not age well at all. And I don't know if it's just my, you know, if, if I got exposed to more things, and so now I don't like. You know, to be fair, I was, you know, I was. I think I was pre junior high when the first one came out. I'm not even sure, but the plot now looking the first at it, one, the the first one. <laughs> you, there's not a sequel there's, to Forrest Gump oh, yeah, in the works, Forrest is Gump, there? Forrest Gump two. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Uh, well, now now he's got to he's going to computerize him. Well, he's got to fall <laughs> ass backwards into everything that's happened since 1995 forward. So he's got to accidentally invest in Netscape, and right. then he's got to discover Google on accident. Right. And, and it's gotta, all going to be and he's got to act like bump into Mark Zuckerberg and tell Mark Zuckerberg like that there should be a like button. If I like something, you should have to you know. Yeah. And yeah, he'll just <laughs> he'll just fall ass backwards into every major. And it's all going to be motion capture. <laughs> it'll it'll be Robert Zemeckis. It'll be performance capture. His dead beady eyes. <laughs> yeah. yep. That sounds awesome. I would actually watch that. I would actually <laughs> watch that. But that's never going to happen. They did actually, that guy who wrote the book that the, the movie was based on, did uh, write a follow-up book and Forrest Gump meets Tom Hanks. I think he actually is on the set of the movie while it's being made and some other things happen, but I haven't. I'm sure it's wonderful. I'm sure it is. <laughs> But really, that, that's, I mean, that's my go-to movie for the most convenient plot that just, like, I don't know what it was. People just gravitate. That's, it's just the most intentional movie on so many levels. Like, it just a distilled view of the 70s, a distilled view of the 60s and of Vietnam, a distilled view of the 80s, a distilled view. And he just falls ass backwards into every good thing. That ha- you know, and like Mater from Cars too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's that. I find oh, well. I, I weighed in, guys. It took me a week, but there it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> now you're gonna have to preview this for all of your friends who are at the party, and no. say you gotta wait until the last thirty they thirty can, seconds of the podcast. They can deal with it. But next week uh, we've got Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Yeah. On Monday. Yes, we do. And then, uh, do we have anything else that that week to screen? I can't remember. But we'll definitely be back on Friday for Transformers, which... Don't miss it. <laughs> you and I stand alone on that. We get so much we get so much static from the rest of the, the critics because we actually liked those. And we don't... I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think we're, we just like anything. Yeah. You know? Let's, let's talk about it next week. But... We'll have anyway. plenty to talk about. All right. Well, stay tuned next week for Transformers and then non-Megan. I just Fox would like to... To, port up, to point out that Trevin doesn't like talking cars, but he's okay with talking robots that turn into cars. That's fine. <laughs> totally fine, because they're humanoid. There you go.
Anyway, all right. Well, on behalf of Eric Moline from the scenestealers.com website, this is Trevin McGee from the Lawrence.com website. You don't website. speak for me, sir. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> Did I bust it up? Have a good weekend. I